Dick. <laughs> that was that was good. <laughs> I'm just glad that that was uh, that's so. how that happened. Uh, we are the Unbalanced Note, the music podcast, here for another week of music uh, briefings. The best bands in the world, and we discuss them, one hit wonders, and more. I'm Brian Kluger, joined by the Ginger Ninja with the ostrich in hand. Jacob Douglas. Both hands. Both hands. Double fisting. It would have to be a sick ostrich, right? Looks very ill. It looks very ill. Uh, How are you doing this week? So far, so good. So far, so good. Uh, We have the Royal Rumble 2019 in the background. Yeah, the women's. I can't stop looking over at it. Because you like it? Oh, yeah, I love it. Because they're good wrestlers? They're, yeah, they're good wrestlers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look at this. Like, <laughs> you got to turn that off, man. <laughs> he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to be watching that. But we have a great show for you today. We are the Unbalanced Note on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. You can find us on boomstickcomics.com. And we are our band event today. We'll talking about a little bit later. Talking about a little bit later is the amazing band. The, the ones that have been around since the 60s. Z. Z. Top. Texas is own. Yes, Texas own ZZ Top. Uh, we have funny as hell, one hit wonder, and we have some music news. The one hit wonder, though, th- this band, they got it. They went, this is just one, one hit, and they did it. And they have not done anything since. They didn't need to. They. It, this is a good one. I like this one. So we're going to uh, start out with some hilarious funny news. Uh, yes, I love funny news. <laughs> Uh, I need this. I need this today. DMX is going on tour, calling it It's Dark and Hell is Hot Anniversary Tour, celebrating the 20th anniversary of his classic debut. It kicks off this March in Cincinnati. He is coming through Dallas, Texas, playing at House of Blues April 15th. Oh, my God. You know we talked about him last week. We sure did. Because he just got out of jail. He got released. He got released. From incarceration. And now, the dude has been uh, arrested so many times. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. He's not Ja Rule putting on the fire. Yeah, stupid goofball festival. DMX is doing the shit. He is doing it. And it's so, I'm so excited. Uh, We should go. We should get him on here. DMX, do you want to come on the Unbalanced Dude, that, Note? That'd think about amazing. the story. Think about that guy's story, right? And then he, who kicks off a tour in fucking Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, like that's not really a great way to. I would figure that's a that's where you end. End on the low note. Yeah, it's Ohio. It's very weird, but yeah, Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> when is it? It's like in the summertime. I saw it goes through March through May, basically. And it's like every day he's playing somewhere. And mo- a lot of the places are House of Blues, so he must have a deal with House of Blues. He's playing on the restaurant side. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor suspecting right. families going to be eating their burger and fucking yeah, fries. Fucking Rottweilers running around <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and then people just angry. Huh! Oh my what God. was his song, his huge one? 
wasn't isn't he the one like arr, arr, yeah yeah but it was I hear the song yeah X gonna give it to you that's it they they play that in Deadpool one and Deadpool two it's really funny really it's like one of the songs that Deadpool like kills to dude DMX you couldn't you couldn't escape him for a while there you know he was that shit was everywhere Dangerous Minds oh that's Coolio DMX announced it I guess either on his Twitter or Instagram with the caption. Talk is cheap, motherfucker. Tickets on sale Friday, February 8th at 10 a.m. That was how he announced it. Dude, like, he's street, man. He's not, like, Snoop, right? Like, Snoop Dogg is, like, the contrived... Going on Martha Stewart. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, dude, you're not not a fucking gangster, dude. DMX has... He's He's keeping it real, dude. Keeping it real. So, uh, maybe Jacob and I will be... I would love to go to that. Dallas... I have a feeling that if we went to that, we would stick out like sore thumbs. Do you think so? Absolutely. Wear our Grateful Dead shirts to the. I got tie dye on right now, (laughs) dude. I'm fucking go. I'm just here to have a good time, man. Good, good. Yeah, we should try that. Take a blunt stick. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do. That'd be awesome. I could take one of the dogs, right? Emotional support dog. Right. I'll take the fucking little dog. Yes. Oh, that'd be be hardcore. That would be. Total street. street right there, yeah. dude. Take Bug, right? That oh, dog could bu- sh- oh, shit bug hair again. Say, yeah. <laughs> Poor puppy dog. I love Got it her. out, man. She did. Like you've never shit hair before. Everybody has. Hair pie, dude. <laughs> you, it goes in, gotta come out. Hair pie. Okay, moving on. <laughs> dude, hair pie. We, I, we had to start with that funny news because... The That's next, not really funny, though. It's kind of sad. Uh, the, the next news. So... The Super Bowl happened this past Sunday, only a couple days ago, and I actually didn't watch the Super Bowl halftime show with Maroon 5 because I wouldn't do anything else other than that, but supposedly everybody hated the Super Bowl and everybody hated even more the the halftime show. So, I mean, so it's funny because... A lot of they so Maroon Five did the halftime show, but they were like the L list because like the, the they were like the fifteenth choice because everybody else they asked said they're not doing it. Be- but why did they say no? They're supporting Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, whatever. I mean, the like NFL's, Cardi, the, the NFL is a huge piece of shit anyway. Like, yeah, it's totally everything it's about it's stupid. But. I mean, it's just really funny. Like, oh, everybody turn us down. Who are we going to get? Maroon 5. Horrible. What did you expect? I mean, well, here's the last the- time the Super Bowl halftime show was good, they did like four years where it was like Paul McCartney, Tom Petty, Prince, and um, Bruce Springsteen. Janet Jackson. No, Janet Jackson. Fuck, that was terrible. But, uh, and Bruce Springsteen. Those are good goddamn shows. Like... For fuck's sake, get Metallica out there. At least they'll fucking put on a rock show. I'm telling you right now, the reason people hated it is because it was all white people. That had, they were a white band. What? I'm telling you right now. If that would have been, like, anyone other than them, it, they were. Da- it was one of those instances where they were like, damned if they do, damned if they don't. That band sucks anyway, so for anyone to even go, oh, that was the worst halftime show ever, it's like, well, what did you expect? Like, it ain't Motorhead going out there rocking your fucking balls off or ACDC. Fuck, they could have got Guns N' Roses, but... But you know what? Big Boy from Outkast was uh, out there, too. Yeah, they had a... That's what I'm saying, though. It's... 
I don't even know. It's just the Super Bowl is stupid anyway. The NFL's dumb, and if you're watching it, yeah, you get that's what you get. Yeah, you get you deserve that exactly. Like, it's just it's ridiculous. They and it's it's funny because Maroon Five said that they were donating their salary to charity. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're in a damned if they do, damned if they don't scenario. Correct. Like everyone wanted them to not do it, but it's like, well, they kind of have every reason to do it. They're, you're on the they're donating, yeah. Fucking thing, ever. They're, and they're donating. I think it was like three million dollars or something like that. They gave to like a children's yeah, hospital or right, something. Right. It's like, but instead, people are going to focus on the fucking. Oh, well, they're they're not supporting Black Lives Matter, and they like cops or something. It's like they kind of just went out and were a band. Yeah, they were like, a band. That's, Even though it's a shitty show. Yeah, in the shitty band. They, they were just, just doing what they know to do. Correct, like, correct. they didn't get political. The guy took his shirt off and looked like the fucking Chipotle bag with all the <laughs> <laughs> random shit on it, right? right? Like, right. But people, the, I'm telling you, this is the last year you'll see a band at the halftime show. From now on, it's going to be like... Bring a marching band. No, in. no, no. It's going to be like Post Malone and that kind. Uh, of, that's what you're going to get, dude. I'm telling you, because well, people people don't want to see instruments. They associate that with old people. Well, interestingly enough, because I know we'll talk about it after the Grammys, because we won't watch the Grammys, but we'll hear about it. But there were like at least ten commercials for the Grammys during the Super Bowl, and they would advertise. Uh, the oh shit, what's their names? The Red Hot Chili Peppers performing. Oh yeah, with Post Malone. But you're just like, how does a band like Red Hot Chili Peppers even want to be considered to perform with somebody like Post Malone? Well, okay, so I I'm one of the few people. I actually am a kind of a Chili Peppers fan only because I like John Frusciante as a guitar player. He doesn't play with them anymore, so I could guarantee you, if Frusciante was in the band, they wouldn't be playing with I mean, Post I like Malone. Flea. See, but that's the thing, though. They, the Red Hot Chili Peppers aren't a rock band. They're a they, pop. They are a pop band. They used to be pretty funk. hardcore. Yeah, well, they 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 were produced by George Clinton. Correct. Like and they then, wanted to be like Funkadelic. Right. But, and then now it is stadium dude, pop safe bullshit. Yeah, it's the Aerosmith Pink album. Yes, that's it is. over and over from those guys. It's formulaic crap. Right. But it makes sense for them to play with Post Malone because they're the pop band. So they want to stay relevant and get their fucking audience younger. So 40-year-olds aren't listening to Post Malone. They're listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Correct. 20-year-olds don't know who they are. So then they'll get some fans out of it. But I'm not surprised by that. I was surprised when Aerosmith played with them. It's so unfortunate. Like, I don't get the... the, It must be literally just dollar signs like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Post Malone will get us 200,000 new sales, which is crazy to me. Well, I think also what it is is when you start getting major label things involved, you don't really make your own decisions anymore. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you fucking signed the contract that says you're not in charge of your career or your public image anymore. We control what you do. And then they basically get told what to do. That's true. It's totally true. It's weird. Well, not really. I mean, it's like we were talking about at lunch. You want this job? You want to be in this movie? You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something. Yeah, that's how it works. It's it's weird. It's not weird at all. It's been going on since the beginning of time. It's how things get done. It's prostitution. It's sex. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what are you going to sell yourself for? Yeah. Oh, you want a successful music career? Sign this fucking piece of paper. 
and then watch me jerk off. Yeah. Then watch and then sign it. Then sign it, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't sign it because then you go, I already signed it. I don't need to watch that. Get out of here, Louie. (laughs) All right, enough about the Super Bowl bullshit. Uh, Let's move on to some really cool, really cool, awesome, badass news that I fucking can't wait for. Ken Burns' new documentary, Country Music, 16-hour film, airs on PBS this September. September 15th at 8 p.m. on PBS. Oh, my God. September. September 15th. Country music. All about country. Country music explores crucial questions. What is country music? Where did it come from? Uh, Also, biographies from the Carter family, Jimmy Rogers, Bill Monroe, Bob Willis, Hank Williams, Patsy Cline, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Loretta Lynn, Charlie Pride, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, Emily Lou Harris, Garth Brooks, and many more will all be part of this documentary. Holy shit. Wait. Is Chris Gaines a part of it, though? Doesn't say Chris Gaines. Maybe anymore. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, surprise appearance. I'll say this, man. If you haven't seen Ken Burns Jazz, Ken Burns Baseball, Ken Civil Burns War. Civil War. That's the best. That, like, other than Breaking Bad, <laughs> you, any of those shows you just named could yeah. be the best TV shows it's ever. so damn good. And I'm just so glad they're doing a country music one. Yeah, it's going to suck in the 80s, though. When they From the 80s on, it's just going to be horrible. I mean, it looks like it's going to focus like on people born before 1950. And yeah. maybe like Garth Brooks and then somebody else. Nah, because he'll, he'll, he'll get into the... He'll hit on what's going on now, but he won't spend an episode on it. No, probably not. I mean, but, but Garth Brooks kind of brought... He saved it. Yes, because it was real twangy. He brought it to the pop culture. He brought made it relevant. Well, he kind of now it's like country. He crossed it over. But country music is the new pop. Like it really. Well, that's no. Steve Earle said it best. He goes, "It's just hip now." Because now, if you listen to country music, it's all drum machines and it sounds like hip hop. Yeah, like the music. Steve Earle was like, "Well, it's just it's hip hop for white people that are scared of black people." Like, they're just scared to say they well, like hip-hop. And he's right. He's totally no, fucking... If, he's like, totally right. If you've ever seen Tales from a Tour Bus from Mike Judge, you the all first season is country music, and you he absolutely... Mike Judge tells it like, these country music stars, like, were killing people. Drugs, guns, violence. Dude, they were fucking... And the law enforcement was not looking at them. They're just looking at, like, DMX. <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. Well, that's what... They're ta- those stories, though, in the first season are all, like, in the 70s, 60s, correct, 70s. And I don't even think they get into the 80s. But they were big, you know, fucking country dudes in the 60s and 70s. You got It's like the jazz guys in the 30s and 40s. Right. Opium and fucking heroin. Right. Flash forward to the 60s with country music, methamphetamines. And coke. Yeah, coke, fucking lots of booze. Right. And, and that's when you kind of got the tour bus started happening. You got yeah. the big traveling... You know, show it's like yeah. a cir- it's like a circus. No, I'm excited for this, dude. That'll be great. I hope he spends a bunch of time on like Buck Owens and like love Buck Owens. fucking Porter Wagner. And You'll get that tiger by the tail, dude. Buck, I'm telling you, the Buck Owens. There's a huge influence on the Beatles when you go back and listen to those first like five Beatles records. You hear a lot of Buck Buck Owens and the Everly Brothers. I love Buck Owens. It's yeah, shit. dude, Buck was cool, man. He was good. Buckham. Buckham. Let's move on to a bit of uh, music film news. Hey, he was born here, by the way. Buck Owens. 
In Dallas? He was born in Texas. Oh, that's good. I like Buck Owens. You know, another thing about Buck Owens, he's Hispanic. Buck Owens is Hispanic? Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, I did not know that. Well, trivia there for you. Oh. And Don Rich was the secret ingredient in the Buckaroos. The guitar player? He had the real high voice. Right. I love love Don Rich. Well, then, is he still alive? No, he's dead. He died in a motorcycle accident. Well, shit. A long time ago? Yeah, in the 60s. Okay. He was the shit buck rules. That's who we should be talking about. But ZZ Top will work. (laughs) We have more shows. Maybe. We might not be here. A cataclysmic event could... Might happen. We we could not finish this cast. That's true. Uh, Hey, do we get any Reddit responses? You know what? I totally forgot to... God damn it. Damn it. (laughs) It's the worst podcast ever. It is the worst one. What's it called again? Shitburger? What, the podcast thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit Like burger. Good Burger, but shit. shit burger. <laughs> Welcome to Good Shit Burger. Shit, good Shit Burger. Good Shit Burger. This burger going to make you shit real good. <laughs> uh, new news. Peter Jackson, director of Lord of the Rings, will direct a new Beatles documentary film. So, interestingly enough, it will be about the making of Let It Be, the Beatles' final album. The worst album. The director, Peter Jackson, will go through over 55 hours of unseen footage and studio footage uh, to make this documentary. So, uh, that's a, that'll be a documentary of a band imploding. Well, it's interesting because Let It Be was released after they broke up, right? They were they were in the process of breaking up. They knew they knew it was their last album. Okay, like they knew they weren't going to carry on after that, and it's. Well, but, well, they, they, I thought Abbey Road was technically their last studio album, but was that right? Is that my right? No, I don't think. I don't look it up. I can't remember. You got the internet. I do. Uh, so, I mean, Peter Jackson making this. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. So the Beatles fucked up by getting that stupid ass idiot Phil Spector involved. <laughs> I'm serious. They didn't need him. Like he came in and fucked it all up. Why do you think he did that? That stupid production that he did, the big wall of sound. It's like, oh, dude, yeah. the Beatles didn't need that. Like, a wall of sound is someone is something you give to, like, an artist that doesn't have a good song. Like, all the Beatles did was write good songs. songs. They didn't need your stupid fucking 80 tracks of piano behind them, cluttering it up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, like Jacob said... Their implosion, or just how sweet they are and tender they are to each other. They just like, no, this is this is the way it is. Dude, well, see, that's the separate ways. We've talked about this before, and uh, they, those guys knew like they had done everything. Like, look at the list of albums they made up to that point. Right. Fucking Rubber Soul, Revolver, Magical Mystery Tour, yeah, Sergeant Pepper. Not Yellow Summary. <laughs> it's like, but you know what I mean? Like, they'd right. already made five of the top 50 albums in the history of music. The White Album. Yeah, the White Album. I mean, they did it. Like, what else could they do? The only thing they could do is break up. Well, 
And it's interesting because in those short years, they went from sounding like a poppy teen bubblegum 50 sound band to literally experimental music and they made it sound perfect. Yeah, aliens, dude. <laughs> they did, man. I'm telling you, like if fucking aliens came down and they were like, Jake, you're coming with us, I'd go, hold on a minute. And I would get like Revolver mm-hmm. and I'd go, hey, put this last song on, like Tomorrow Never Knows, that fucking sit. It's just one chord through the whole thing. Yeah. And this badass McCartney bass line and like they're doing all this backwards guitar and shit. Sounds like aliens. Might be. Pyramids. Pyramids. <laughs> well, I'm excited for this because Peter Jackson just released that. Uh... Is King Kong going to be in it? Oh. That would be great. <laughs> that one's pretty good. I like that one. Um, so, yeah, they, he just released a film called They Shall Not Grow Old, which he redid all of the World War One footage and colorized it. Um, and it's supposed to be amazing, but now he's doing the Beatles thing. So, yeah, he's gone. For oh, him. I forgot he did do that World War one. Which is out now. Yeah. Yeah. In theaters, They Shall Not Grow Old. But it's cool to see Peter Jackson taking on um, this documentary, Let It Be. I wonder if... Uh, Oh, Yoko is going to make her voice heard at any point in time. She's the only one that'll probably be in it. Yeah. Making bird noises. Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Olivia Harrison, they'll be... Oh, no, I was kidding. Okay. Making her bird calls. Ah! Fucking... Ah! God damn it, man. Like, <laughs> you know how I get every time we we talk about Yoko? Yep. It's, anno- it's... it's like she's a pebble in your shoe. Right, just doesn't just nagging there. Just yeah, like, God damn it, man! I'm so that, that whole. I'm just confused every time I think of that. It just is so confusing to me. Is there anybody that's made a documentary on Yoko breaking up the band? How did this happen? Like a biased documentary. Yeah. Who who allowed this would be right. the name of it? God, I don't know. I guess it's the same thing when we were saying that, that John had done everything. Yeah. Like he, that was the, that was, he had to do a 180 and he did it. He got with Yoko. It's weird. And, and I mean, when you refer to yourself as an artist, I think that instantly makes you not an artist. Like if you have to tell people you make art. Yeah. And that's her. Uh, it's just, she yeah. broke up the best, arguably the best band ever. And then made her bird call albums. Have you ever seen the video of, it's like the Plastic Ono Band with Chuck Berry. Mm-mm. Oh, God. It is incredible. Like? She, well, so they're playing, the Plastic Ono Band is like backing Chuck Berry. And they're on like a bandstand type show. Okay. And they're playing some song, playing like Maybelline or, you know, one of the 90,000 great Chuck Berry songs. Right. And Yoko is like hitting this drum, just bing, bing. Just in the way. No need for her to even be up there. There's no hand drum on a Chuck Berry song ever. And then it gets to a point where Chuck is about to do his guitar solo and Yoko like grabs the mic and starts yelling into it. And and Chuck Berry's eyes just like get so wide and he looks over at Yoko and then like he glances at John and gives us this look of like, you better get her. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's incredible. You got to watch it. Well, shit. Let's do it. Chuck Berry ruled. He was awesome. Um, moving on. Is that to- my girlfriend? <laughs> is it? Is that Charlotte? We're still watching the female is it? Royal Rumble. Is that, is that Charlotte? Oh, yeah. Jacob got distracted. She's she is in the Royal Rumble this year. Dude, she oh, was. God. If we could... I would let her be... I would want her to beat me up. Yeah? Absolutely. Would you go, woo? 
Every time. Yeah, any time I had breath, I would. She, God, she would destroy me. She would. I would let her. Yeah, there you go. I would. You like that? Thank you, sir. May I have, have another? another. <laughs> I would. That's what I would say to her. No, thank and I'd you, say, sir, may you'd, I have another? I'd tell her, Dad is a pussy. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Dad sucks. Woo! In order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> he was great, dude. I, I love when Ric Flair did the elbow drop on nothing that time. Oh, so he's all coked up. So yeah, he it was WCW. And he was... <laughs> you knew what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, so if you, like... <laughs> if you uh, Google Ric Flair strut, you'll there's a clip when he was in WCW, and he's, like, super pissed off in real life. Yeah, he has, a, me- he has, he has like, a meltdown. Yeah, he was super angry at his booking, and they weren't booking him well. It's all well documented. But he comes out, and he's yelling at the camera, and he goes... Bischoff, I and he stops in the middle of sentence. He starts taking off his pants. He takes off his shoes and oh, throws that, them in the right. audience. That's right. Yeah, he gets like naked almost. He gets naked and he does the strut in the ring, and he just elbow drops nothing. He, no, he, el- he he elbow dropped the logo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, WCW. Yeah. Bam. It's really funny. And isn't like, isn't Arn Anderson out there with him just standing yeah, there like, what, what yes. the fuck is happening? It's super funny. <laughs> See, Arn's trying not to laugh. That's like the only time you've probably ever seen him smile. It's really good. So <laughs> interestingly good. enough, uh, in like three weeks, it's billed. I can't remember which where the Raw is. Some state in the U.S. But it's they're billing it as Ric Flair's birthday. So I guess he'll be out on Raw doing his birthday thing and probably hopefully cuts a great promo. And I hope he reenacts that. He probably loves Vince though. Oh yeah. Rick Flair's the best. He is the fucking, so is Charlotte. Actually, I think Charlotte's the best Flair. Charlotte is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, I beg to differ, Charlotte. If you're listening, (laughs) put me in the walls of Charlotte. (laughs) The figure four. Uh, moving on to music. There is a new David Bowie uh, biopic um, coming out called Stardust. And they cast the film. Johnny Flynn will play Bowie. And Mark Marone will play uh, Bowie's publicist. And Jenna Malone... Mark Marin? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Mark Marone will be playing Bowie's publicist. And Jenna Malone, who was in The Hunger Games uh, and Neon Demon, will play Bowie's first wife, Angie, and it will explore Bowie's first trip to America in the early 70s uh, at the part of the Ziggy Stardust phenomena. That's the best era of him. Yes. Uh, so there in lies a David Bowie biopic. There, we're Stardust. about to start seeing a lot of bad movie biopics. Cor- correct. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, David Bowie's son says the biopic does not does not have the family's blessing to go forward. Oh, they sh- man, they shouldn't do that then. Duncan Jones, who bashes the film, is asking Neil Gaiman and the Spider-Man director Peter Ramsey to write the screenplay instead. Duncan Jones is a son. Uh, um, do you remember when the fucking Andre 3000 did the Hendrix one? And the yes. family was like, "Yes, please don't make this movie. We don't want you to do it. Right. And he made it anyway. And it's like, so you're going to make a David Bowie movie. And you obviously aren't going to be able to use any of David Bowie's music in it. Because they're not going to have the rights to it. 
Because in the Hendrix one, there's no Hendrix music in it. Which is so weird. Like, well, you should. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. Like, they shouldn't make this. If the family's like, they said they don't have their blessing to make it, those people shouldn't make the fucking movie. It's really funny because the song's like, we want Neil Gaiman and we want the director of the recent Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse to make this and write it. And I'm like, dude, Neil Gaiman would draw the fucking movie for you. Yeah. Here's how it should go. It would be pretty badass. I mean, I like Mark Marone. Um, I like Jenna Malone as well. I don't remember who Johnny Flynn is. By is it Mark Marin? Is it Mark Marin or Mark Marone? Well, it could be two different people. But Mark Marin is the guy. He does like good podcasts and got, yeah, he's also on the it's a comedian. Yeah, he's he's on the wrestling show Glow on that. Yeah, he's yeah yeah yeah, him. yeah okay yeah I yeah don't it's Marin. It. Yeah, Mark Marin. But yeah, Duncan Jones. Um, it's it's good stuff. No, that movie's not going to be good, it says. If the family says don't make the movie, the movie can't be good. Well, if they don't have any Bowie's music, it's going to be They can't. They won't. How would they be able to have it? Yeah. They need to make a fucking Guns N' Roses movie. Very weird. See, there's a Motley Crue one that's coming out. (laughs) Seriously, it's already done. So, who's plays Tommy Lee? Machine Gun Kelly. Uh. It's true. He played in WWE for WrestleMania. Dude, he was in fucking... um, God damn it. Uh, Bird Box. Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah, he's in Bird Box. Oh, Did you watch it? I, I absolutely watched okay, Bird Box. Okay, yeah. That movie was just ridiculous. It was. Like, everything about it, I'm watching it, and I'm like, why don't they just cut holes in the sheets? Because <laughs> you could still see it. No, but, like, okay, so you know when, like, they're floating down the river? Right. And she has them under the fucking blanket? Yeah. It's like, well, wouldn't you have just made two poles before you got into the boat and made you a tent? So the kids don't have to huddle down. You could just be going down like a covered boat the whole time. It's a very flawed way to escape. Eh. Is all I'm. That movie was bullshit anyway. It was not great. And I know you liked the article that I sent you. Yes, I did. About this movie is about racism. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I just tries to incite shit. No, but I was like, I it. hadn't even seen the movie, and I read that article, and I was like. I know this movie is about monsters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I knew, I knew I was like, this is the biggest farthest stretch I think I've ever seen for something. And I had not even seen the movie yet. Yeah. And then when I watched the movie, it just made me even that much more angry that I wasted two hours of my life watching it. This movie's racist. It wasn't racist at all. The movie's not racist. Uh, moving on. ABC is developing a TV series based on one John Mayer song. Oh, Jesus. Your he, Body is a Wonderland? Heart of Life. Don't don't even know that one. Uh, <laughs> Heart of Life. I don't know. Um, weird. It's... I don't get it. Uh, Dude, John Mayer has had a great life. So, John Mayer... Plays in the dead. Yeah, there you go. Um interesting one song one tv show who knows hey what a perfect segue into one hit wonder one hit we have we have three more things three more funny goofy news topics yes i hope one is good john coltrane is uh going to release well not him but (laughs) they will release a john coltrane 1958 vinyl box set announce that uh will um capture the beginning of the jazz guy john coltrane Rise to prominence. 37 songs be on eight LPs, five CDs in digital formats, March 28th, March 29th from Kraft Recordings. Holy God, 
Is Good Records getting this? Probably not. Eight albums. Jesus Christ. Probably not. Why not? I, mean, <laughs> just, I was just stuff. kidding. The Prestige Recordings. Uh, I'm in. I like this. Yeah, man. Fucking get you some good dope and a bottle of wine. Yeah, that's all you need. Um, so, another movie music thing. Celine Dion movie, The Power of Love, has been announced. The iconic Canadian singer has authorized the use of her music in a new film set to arrive in 2020 called The Power of Love. I could hear Huey Lewis in the news suing somebody right now. It's Celine Dion is the chick that did the Titanic song, Correct. right? My heart will go on. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, Celine Dion, interestingly enough. Thanks a lot, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so if you like that, you'll like that. How would... That's not newsworthy. So do you know our, our last bit of... Well, our second to last bit of news. Takashi 6X9? 6X9, yeah. Pleads guilty to nine federal crime charges. You don't know this guy? I see a picture of him, and he has a giant 69 pennant above his right eye. He has 69, 69 tattoos. It's really weird. Brilliant. He was born Daniel Hernandez, and he has pled guilty to nine counts in a federal crimes case. Uh, racketeering conspiracy, firearm offenses, narcotics trafficking, and more. Dude, you got to look up this guy's music and he listen to it. He is facing a mandatory sentence of 47 years in prison. <laughs> so here's what's crazy about this. So he holds some sort of crazy record for like, he put out a song that got like 15 million streams in like two days. What? Something just absurd, like absolutely absurd like that. But he's, he's, he's like one of the fucking most well-known, like, what do they call it? SoundCloud rapper or whatever. What? I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. It's, he's, it's, he's like, he was massive, man. Like, you know, in the fucking stupid, uh, fire festival documentary where they're talking about like social media influencers. Right, yes, yeah. He's kind of like that a little bit. Like they, they marketed him as like this fucking, he's playing gangster, but he's not really like a gangster. And that's what his lawyer was saying. Like, this is just an image. He's not really part of this gang. Cause he said he was like in the bloods or something. Right. Um, so they were arguing that like, it's just an image thing and blah, blah, blah. But that guy got into some shit, man. Fuck that guy. The nine trade gangsta bloods. Yeah, blood. The indictment accused whatever his name is, six nine, and the gang members of murder, robbery, assault, and the sale of drugs and more. Uh, There's a video of him getting beat up outside of an airport online. That's which pretty is, awesome. That's so funny. Uh, that guy's a punk, dude. Of legal history and and I guess. They said uh, if six nine cooperate successfully with the authorities, then they can ask the judge for leniency in the sentencing. But he's looking at life, forty seven years to life. Yeah, good. Yeah, fuck he that should guy. get it. Yeah, I they agree. should max him out. How about that? Cash it, max him outside. Put him in sixty nine years, dude. That's this is this is the world we live in now. That sixty nine years, and I don't get. What's Look at him. Look at that guy. No, I, I see him. What a like joke. I'm a weird I'm a weird looking dude. He's a but this like, is beyond that. Yeah, it looks like 
Ed Hardy painted something all over his face. Dude, it looks like a like a fucking one of those Lisa Frank fucking <laughs> like you give a three year old when they go to school for the first day. There's like a unicorn on the trapper keeper. It's and unbelievable. Fucking glitter everywhere. How does somebody only in America? Okay. Idiots, dude. The, his those are the same people that were eating those fucking Tide Pods. Man, listening to that shit. If the shoe fits, fuck. Mm-hmm. I think if you fucking listen to that kind of music, whatever happens to that artist should happen to you. If you were supporting that guy's fucking career, you should have 69 years in prison, too. I agree. That could backfire on us, though. <laughs> it's true. We listen to a lot of crazy <laughs> I don't know, man. I like Ted Nugent. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are going to fuck with that guy. Yeah, well, no. That's what I'm saying. I mean, look, like if there was like a, some sort of uh, apocalypse, right? Would you be running to Takashi Six Nine's house, or would you go to Ted Nugent's house? I run to Ted Nugent's yeah. house. Yeah, because he's going to feed you. Arsenal. Yeah, and this yeah. guy's going to be eating Skittles, fucking hitting whippets and shit. It die in the first yeah two minutes. Fucking idiots. All right, our last bit of news. You're, like, you're going to go to Kevin Spacey's oh, house? I would go or to Clint Kevin, Eastwood's house. I would go to Kevin Spacey's house. I would go to Clint Eastwood's. Like, you don't <laughs> get in the grass though. <laughs> don't walk on his fucking grass. Don't walk on his lawn. Uh, excuse me. Um, last bit of ma- or last bit of news. Snail mail. The band. Oh. Adds U.S. and European tour dates. I have no idea who Snail Mail is. But you know someone who is a massive fan. I do. I do. So that should tell you all you need to know. No names will be mentioned here, but <laughs> this is that's music for babies. Snail Mail, and it's a uh, it's a world tour. Starting in New York, going to Australia, New Zealand, coming back uh, to uh, England and Europe, finally coming back, uh, which, interestingly enough, they're going to be at my alma mater, Lawrence, Kansas, KU, at the Granada there. So that's Road trip, dude. Road trip, man. Get your, get your feminist sign ready. Lawrence, Kansas. Dude, that music is fucking garbage. Yeah, I don't... Lindsay Jordan and her band continue to play shows behind their debut Lush, which I don't. Is check I, it out sometime, dude. It'll fresh. It'll make you mad. Is it bad? It's horrible. It's terrible. Beyond dog shit. What? <laughs> Can you compare it to anything? Yeah, it, it is the music version of Urban Outfitters. Oh, that's like Ew. yeah. That's the what the employees. That's who they like. Snail mail? Telling you, dude. So. I have to hear it. Like, it gets played at my place of employment. <laughs> and it's the kind of, I'm telling you, man, it's the music where, like, that kind of music frustrates me so bad. Because I'm like, these these people have been, like, coll- sounds as if they've been collectively playing their instruments for, like, three months total. Yeah. And it is just the most brain dead, like, stupid crap i've ever heard yeah i can't find my sunglasses (laughs) like i'm telling you that's what it sounds like dude it's like what in the fuck is happening like this is music like this is where we've arrived this is the kind of shit people are listening to it a lot people are is wrong it's us dude we're the problem who, me? Yeah, we're not getting with the times, man. Not reading fucking Vice.com and no. you know what I mean? No. Rubbing patchouli on your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> fucking You know what I mean? Like We're not we're not hip, dude. We use pronouns. We're stupid. We're dumb. Yeah. I like being that way then. Yeah. 
Yeah. Me too. Me, 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 hashtag me if too. Being, if being <laughs> wrong is right, I don't want to be right. Lord, the Lord is wrong. <laughs> I won't be right. Uh, shall we do anything about this nail mail? No. We could attend the show and just look at everyone. Okay, then. We could go and look the opposite way. Get right at the front and turn around like <laughs> like Miles Davis. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right? Oh, this crowd's 80% white. Nah. I'll just look this way. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> That's what he did. Really? Miles Davis? Oh, yeah. All the time. Play with his back to the crowd. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know this? I didn't know that. Yeah. Fucking real dick. <laughs> Him and, Coltrane, him and Coltrane played together for a long time. Yes, I did know that. Um, I just I know Don Cheadle played him in a movie, which was great. And it was really, it was called Miles Ahead. And it was just great to see how Miles Davis became Miles drug Davis. Yeah. days. Like Paranoid, dude. He fucking, that guy lost it. Yeah. I'm telling you, his wife, though, Betty Davis, you ever listen to any of that? I know she was a singer. No, the singer. Dude, she basically... She had a huge hand in, like, how Hendrix looked. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird, man. Like, she was... Dude, Betty Davis is the shit. And just absolutely dropped dead. Google Betty Davis. Betty Davis? Betty Davis. Not the Betty Davis. No, type in, like, Betty Davis nasty gal. And then that'll that'll kind of filter your search results. Nasty gal lyrics. Yeah. Oh, dude, her lyrics. Oh were yeah, the there shit, she is. Dude. She, oh my god. Oh those legs, dude. She had yeah. legs that would fucking rival Tina Turner's, man. There, there it is. But yeah, she was man. That chick was hip as shit. Now that's awesome. Yeah. She like beat that. up Miles Davis. <laughs> I'm well, I'm that serious. Was like. 80 pounds. Don't matter, though. He, he was tough as shit, though. It's kind of like we were talking to Jack about Dickie Betts at yeah. Mockingbird Diner. Right. Dickie Betts is like five foot six. Uh-huh. Still someone you wouldn't want to fuck with because he's probably got eight knives on him. Mm-hmm. You know, just a crazy hillbilly. You don't fuck with people like that. No, you don't. Like, like Eastwood. You ever notice how every once in a while you cross paths with someone you shouldn't have fucked with? It's interesting you say this. The Tales from the Tour Bus, Mike Judge, their last episode. Oh, was that's right? Was, was Betty, Betty Davis. Davis? Yeah, that that's I forgot about that. What? That's awesome. Yeah, because the most recent Tales from the Tour Bus was all funk and R and B guys, and 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 gals. Marriage to Miles Davis. She dated Eric Clapton and Robert Palmer. Yeah, dude, great story with her, man. But yeah, she like styled Hendrix. Was like, no, 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 you need to be wearing this like cosmic shit. That's awesome. I mean, look at her. Yeah. Like, dude, that's she's bad. she's in my top ten. That's bad. Of of hottest women ever, Betty Davis. Oh yeah, no no doubt about it. All right. No, you can yeah, turn you that computer screen over this way. <laughs> I got look at this. I got Charlotte to the left, and I got Betty to the right. Yeah, dude. Like that photo right there. Look at that. Great smile. Yeah, look at that. Come on, man. She knows what she's doing. Dude, she, her music is so fucking good. Like, right. it's as nasty as, like, Funkadelic. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Right. That's who we should talk about. You should listen to her, and then next week we'll talk about her. Okay. That's, that music will blow your fucking mind. Okay. I'll give it a listen. But all her songs are about fucking. Like, she's kind of like... ACDC. It's like Funkadelic. <laughs> no, and like... it. No, because it's very direct. 
Okay. Like, it's like Ted Nugent direct. Like, yank me, crank me. Okay. Because she's not beating around the bush. No pun intended. She's 73 years old. She's probably still hot. There you go. Like Emmy Lou Harris. Interestingly enough, she she does not have a lot of studio albums. No, I think she only did four or five. Yeah. Weird. All right, then. Betty Davis. Yeah. Gotta check it out. Check her out. Check her out. Are we moving on to our one-hit wonder? You know we can talk about Stacy's mom. Oh, Stacy's mom. She's got it going on. She does? She's all I want, and I've <laughs> waited so long. Those are the lyrics. Ah, Stacy's mom. I only remember really the music video for this song. Uh, New Zealand model Rachel Hunter plays the title role. Yeah. Stacy's mom. She wears very little. Because it's, it's, a, it's a spoof on uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the pool scene. So, if you remember Stacy's mom <laughs> uh, from the rock band, can you name him? Can you remember? Wountains of Fame. There you go. Wountains of Fame. Fountains of Wayne. Fountains of Fame with that Their song. Their third studio album, Welcome Interstate Managers. Stacy's mom was released in 2003 in May. Uh, crazy. Uh, it was written by bassist Adam Schlesinger and vocalist Chris Collingwood, both of whom produced the song. The subject matter was inspired by a friend of Schlesinger's when he was young who had a crush on his grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, Stacy's grandma wouldn't really fit the... Yeah, the group hoped to emulate the sound of the cars with this song. Interestingly enough, very weird. Uh, the background of the song, uh, of course, it's a pop song. It's very catchy. Schlesinger thought uh, his friend was, his, thought Schlesinger's grandmother was hot. And so Stacy's mom got it going on. They were 11 or 12, came to me and announced that he thought my grandmother was hot. And I said, hey, you're stepping over the line. But at that point in life, I wouldn't put it past anyone, he recalled. He hoped to strike a balance between humor and personality with the song. Uh, so yeah, I guess he thought about Mrs. Robinson, uh, and he was thinking about the cars, Rick Springfield, uh, Rick Osick, Rick Okasic, Rick Okasic. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know what the best thing about that song is? What? How many, how many teenage boys probably were banging their best buds mom after that song came out? (laughs) Right. Cause then they started going, well, wait a minute, you know, Matt's mom is real kind of hot. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mrs. Morrison, have you heard this new song? And then, then the then the woman, the the mom hears it, right? Of course, I've seen the video. But you know what I'm saying, though. Then they probably started going, "Oh, okay, well, little Johnny is 18." It's crazy. So that's a great. That I'm telling you, that's that's a song you couldn't have now. Why not? Oh, dude, people would be all over it for it's sexist. You know, oh, it's whatever, I'm t- whatever, whatever. It's true. The snail mail, dude. They don't got a song about fucking having fun and getting laid. The song stayed on the charts for over four months. Fuck yeah, dude. Cause it's this song is about banging your best friend's mom. Like that is the ultimate fuck you, Jacob. How's your mother doing? Fuck you. <laughs> this song ruined my life. <laughs> right? I wonder if people... I wonder, I wonder if there's a backlash for this, oh, right? Song, I'm going to look Like, man, this song came out and then people's moms started getting fucked left and right. <laughs> Fountains of Wayne, they're a problem. 
So in 2003, if you remember, that was kind of around the, the height some, of Napster and LimeWire. American in the, Pie. In the start of iTunes. This was actually one of the very first uh, songs on iTunes, number one spot for most downloaded songs. It was the only song. <laughs> uh, the single sales were estimated at about 900,000 in 2011. Dude, I'm, that song, I mean, it's stupid and goofy, but... It's, I mean, that's a song that's like Hot for Teacher for me. Like, it's exactly the same song as Hot for Teacher. It's what everyone's already thinking anyway. Who doesn't have a friend with a hot mom? No, yeah, for sure. Like, if you can't relate to this song, you're blind. So, interestingly enough, Jacob, did you know that a band from Dallas in 2011 covered this song and put it on their album? You know I knew that because you know how much I love this band. Bowling for Soup. Yeah. I thought they were called Bowling for Columbine. (laughs) (laughs) It's very weird. One of those guys looks like he does bowl for soup. (laughs) It's true. Why would anyone cover that, though? Like, it's already an instant classic. Well, I mean, maybe to get more people at their concert? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Bandwagon, unoriginal fucks. I'm looking at Stacy's mom music video. Oh, look at the woman that plays her, man. I can still see it. Absolutely. At one point, she's like decked out in a white bikini, right? The music video at a red bikini. Uh, Stacy's mom, 95 million views. Flip that screen over here. Is it a red bikini? Huh? Because I remember it. There's kind of a point in the video where they do kind of spoof on, uh, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, they might. They might. No, they definitely do. I because re- I remember this fucking video. Sure. Yeah, here you go, dude. It, it's yeah, there you go. There it is. You, oh, pa- you passed it. Look at that Van Halen shirt. I, I fucking knew it. I told you. <laughs> God, these are like elementary school kids, though. This is kind of creepy. The uh, top comment. Um, oh, dude, do you remember that song? <laughs> Your girlfriend has a hot single mom. If Pornhub has taught me anything, it's that you don't have to choose. <laughs> and that is a great comment. Hey. <laughs> This is great right here. Read that one. The, the, another comment by somewhat saying, the woman who played Stacy's mom is a model from New Zealand. She has a son and daughter, but she unfortunately did not name her daughter Stacy. Sad day. Drop the ball on that one, man. <laughs> that really one should did. have fallen into your lap. That is pretty funny. Dude, does that say one billion? Yeah, that says one billion. I'm going to... Vo- okay, turn that screen back. Charlotte, she's still there. Okay. She's still there. Does she the- win? No. That's fucking bull- Charlotte always wins with me. <laughs> so Stacy's mom. So that is, I mean, Bowling for Soup did a cover of their song in 2011. In popular culture, actually, it's pretty funny. The song was is, I think, still parodied for a while on the Howard Stern show to mock the Whack Pack. Oh, dude, that, that when those people wrote that song, they had to have known oh, yeah, Stern's sure. going to get a hold of this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And just run with it. Uh, North Northeastern University pep band has become an unofficial theme song for uh, the Huskies men's ice hockey team. Stacy's mom has got it going they, while they're out there warming up. That yeah. song's playing. Ugh. At each game, the pep band plays the song during a stoppage of play, with the fan sections continue to sing through the chorus without accompaniment, which is really funny. And of course, it was on Guitar Hero, Van Halen as a guest act. Very weird. Uh, but yeah, this uh, song it. I mean, you gotta give it to them. They really do. I like this song. Yeah. I don't know. You obviously haven't been listening to what I'm saying. No, I had a listen. It's, it's a, a fun song. It's a this song is a championship for like 
adolescent boys. It's a rite of passage. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of go, so this is... I thought she was hot, and now this song's saying that it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm for it. (laughs) I'm telling you, I love this. Pornhub has taught me anything. You don't have to choose. No, this song is great. This is the best. Th- these are the kind of one-hit wonders I wish we would we would do more often. What do we do? Cause, well, because we're not really making fun of this song. We're making fun of the Bowling for Soup version. For sure. Because but why would you ruin that song, though? Like, the, those guys already did it, and you're like the fucking C-rate version of them anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, And it's interesting, the Bowling for Soup thing. It's like if the Toadies covered the Pixies. Right. It's like you're already the knockoff anyway. But I'm trying to think if I've ever heard the Bowling for Soup cover, but in multiple interviews, the Bowling for Soup band leader, Jarrett Reddick, has said regularly that he's encountered fans at their concerts who mistakenly thought Stacy's mom was, in fact, their song. Oh, yeah, that's why they did it. You know that guy is Chuck E. Cheese. He's the voice for Chuck E. Yes, Cheese. I did, yes. Yeah. That's why, that's, I mean, fucking, that irritates me. <laughs> it's It's like, it's... I don't know, it's like purposely delusional, I guess. Is it's that so it's, funny. can you say that? Yeah. Okay. Why not? I don't know if it was like a it's like saying dumb idiot, kinda like redundant. Okay. No. I don't know. There's I'm not no asking idiot. if it was appropriate. I could care less about that. If it's appropriate, I don't want to say it. Okay. Well it's appropriate. Uh, Fountains of Wayne, are they still around? I hope so. Yes. Well, Fountains... Well, not really. <laughs> what if it was Fountains of Wayne on Stacy's mom? <laughs> right? Uh, it's funny. So, I guess they stopped really doing stuff together in 2013. However, they've gotten back together for a Christmas album, uh, and other sort of things with the monkeys. It's really weird. But their last big album was in 2013. Or the last thing they did. Oh, you know what? They wrote a song for... The, the Monkees did an album a few years ago. Yeah. Like the remaining members. and right. Them and Weezer. Porter and, and Young joined Schlesinger on the Monkees album, Good Times. Yeah. They yeah. they wrote some. They wrote a song for it. Because like Matthew Sweet and yeah. someone else. The, it, Fountains of Wayne only had uh, five albums. The last one in 2011. But their most recent thing uh, was in 2013. Uh, where they allowed the music rights to be used in like national commercials and stuff like that stacy's mom's getting around yeah it's true uh my goodness what was the chick's name that played her something hunter um what was it what rebecca was hunter yes um rachel hunter rachel hunter new zealand I gotta, and she's i have to google 49. i gotta google that when i get spouses home. from 1990 to 2006 do you know who she was married to don't you say, don't you dare say that guy from Bowling for Soup. No, no. Is it someone famous? Oh, goddamn yes. Brett Michaels. No, close. Really? Close. Hmm. I don't know. Rod Stewart. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gourd. <laughs> Not sure how that's close to Brett Michaels at all, but. I mean. Rod Stewart kicks ass. Rod Stewart. Dude, he's always married to someone 50 years younger than him. 24 years his senior. Uh, 24. 24 years old. That, that's not that bad. Uh, so funny. Now she's dating a hockey player. <gasps> Maybe the guy from the fucking the, the, the team that said <laughs> they're using is the, the they're used. Maybe that's they're probably why. Well, what if they're literally using Stacy's oh, mom for so the warm funny. up? Oh, God. <laughs> she was in a movie 
uh, where I just saw it, Piranaconda, <laughs> television movie in 2012, where a half piranha, half anaconda. Man, Stacy's mom has got it going on. She was in in the 1991 music video for Rod Stewart, Broken Arrow. I'm sure she was. I'm sure they made a lot of videos. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I'd be making, if she wanted to hang out with me, I'd say, sure, you want me to, I'll video you throwing the football. Whatever you want to do, I'll video it. <sighs> How can you use a magazine? In the late 1980s, Hunter lived with rock musician Kip Winger. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> Winger stated after the relationship ended that he was left heartbroken when Hunter left him for Rod Stewart. <laughs> Kip, dude, she was fucking Kip Winger. Kip, yeah. So he was part of Alice Cooper, right? Brief, yeah, for a little, a little bit. bit. Then he got, obviously Winger. Yeah, Winger. But yeah, she lived with them, and they were together in the eighties. <laughs> I wonder if that's who he wrote. She's only seventeen. About maybe. Well, in in the late 1980s, she was born in 1969, so she was she was old 20. Yeah, yeah. But in the late 1980s, she could have been 17. Could have been absolutely. Hmm. Kim Winger left for Rod Stewart. He's a ballet. Winger's going on like he's a ballet dancer, dude. It's great. Kip fucking Winger. <laughs> Good God. Good for him though. I mean, Jesus. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope for everyone yet. There is. There is. I mean, Stacy's. I mean, do you imagine Kip Winger when that music video came out, having to see that all the time? Dude, I'm sure he had moved. He had. He was moved on. He, she had probably. In the world of Kip Winger, he probably got the. She got the short end of the stick. He probably somehow upgraded. Hunter posed posed nude in Playboy in 2004. That's right. I need to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year after that song came out. You're right. 2003. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, that good for her. You know, I still think that one of the best Playboys ever is the Anna Nicole Smith one. She's super hot, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shauna agrees. She goes, "Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, a great one." I like the Pam, the Pam Anderson ones too. Which one, uh, parent, the Jenny McCarthy ones. The Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. There's... Remember the Vanna White one. I do not. I do not There's remember that. I have really. Oh yeah, I have. I think every place. There's no beaver in that one though. From 1971. Well, surely to 2000 something. Okay, you haven't gotten the last five we, years. Stop doing nude stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, like just sense. stop making the magazine. Yeah, exactly. I get. I read it for the articles. <laughs> Maybe great articles in it. Yeah, but that's not why you bought the magazine. Correct. You buy. You buy it for both. Look. Who it could be any gender. I mean, for who doesn't want to see naked for the seventies, eighties, and nineties kids? Playboy was the you porn was the porn hub. Yeah, it really was. Well, man, but the, see the thing with like Playboy though to me was always kind of like I guess I got to be real careful here. But like you know, some of the magazines where this happens, you know, like ah oh, no, nah, open it up. Yeah, right. Playboy was always kind of like. It had that. It didn't look like it was done in like someone's shed. No, it was. They had a mass produced. Yeah, and yeah, I mean they're like nicely done. It's a celebration of what, like Correct. it's not like degrading. Like no, it's not hustling. Yeah, then you look yeah. at a mag. Yeah, like Larry Flint, Up right? Close and personal. It's two totally different right. worlds. You know, people are probably like, "Oh, what the fuck's he talking about?" But you, you get what I'm saying. No, I absolutely yeah. do. 
Uh, you don't have to spread your ass open in Playboy. No, you don't. We'd prefer you not do that. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it creates that fucking... It does that mental thing, right? Where right. you're like, so what does it look like? Like, all you see is the... You know, the the muff. Yeah. You don't get all of it. No. it's, it's it. I like it. Brilliant, dude. Best magazine ever. There you go. What's better than Playboy? Speaking of ass, we're going to talk about our main event band. <laughs> yeah. As a song. Oh, yeah. All, <laughs> all, uh, That's a good segue, right? <laughs> they lo- Another band that just absolutely loves and champions women. Yes. ZZ Top, formed in 1969. One of still the greatest American rock bands. From Houston, Texas, Texas band, um, and since 1970, it's been the same people: Billy Gibbons, Dusty Hill, Frank Beard. How, 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 dude? They're great. Such a great band. Uh, those dudes, they really, Jesus Christ. Um, their their first album, ZZ Top's first, first album, first album, yep, 1971, Blues Rock, and Brown Sugar. So goddamn. So how did these guys really come together? Do well, they know? they started as the moving sidewalks. The moving sidewalks. Yeah, right? and they were like kind of they were they played a bunch of shows with like the thirteenth floor elevators. They were like a psychedelic band. Okay. And uh, they played a couple of shows with uh, Hendrix, and Jimmy really really liked Billy Gibbons' guitar playing. He liked Billy Gibbons. From ZZ Top, and he really liked Terry Kath from Chicago. Those were yeah. his two favorite guitar players. And, uh, yeah, so they kind of got started in, like, the fucking psychedelic rock scene that was happening in Austin in, like, the mid-60s. Yeah. And then, you know, heavy rock started to happen. Right. And they fucking embraced, like, the their countryside because they're very... Those early ZZ Top albums are very kind of country rock and like blues rock forged together. Right. Especially on the first album, there's some cool like country bend guitar stuff he does and there's lap steel and pedal steel on a couple of songs. Right. But those guys figured out we don't have to write these like super intricate, you know, big chord songs. Most ZZ Top songs have three, maybe four chords in them. Right. But they created that fucking groove where, like, every time you hear one of their songs, you you instantly know it's them by the sound of it right. and how groovy it is. I mean, they had that fucking thing that just made your body move, like, waiting on the bus. Yeah. Or, like, even LaGrange, you know, that... Yeah, see, your neck's already doing it. I mean, that's, like, a famous blues riff right there. Like, Yeah, but, but man, those guys... Those guys took, like, what Zeppelin... Like, because Zeppelin, when they did the blues rock stuff, it was very predictable. Right. ZZ Top fucking went... They they made this big question mark out of it. Like, where is this song going to go? Right. And I, you know what? If you've ever heard of ZZ Top's, you know, progressions and whatever they do, it always I always think of, like, this is, like, the anthem to, like, Hell's Angels or Harley Davidson Bikers... Where they pull up to a fucking bar, yeah, and, and like that's kick what, your ass and bang your girlfriend. Exactly, that's yeah. like, that's what they're. That's like the anthem. That's like theirs, dude. They, I mean, they they're they're the anthem for having a good time. They are. Do you know how they got their name? Rolling Papers. <laughs> I guess 
uh, Billy Gibbons noticed B.B. King and Z.Z. Hill and thought combining the two names, Z.Z. King, but then said, uh, that's not really original. Let's do Z.Z. Top. Yeah, they used to smoke Top Tobacco. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a great band name. It, a great, yeah. They could only ever be at the end of the alphabet in a store where things are alphabetical. So their first single was Salt Lick in 1969? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the B-side contained Miller's Farm, which I'm trying to remember if I've heard. Yeah, I don't even think either of those. I think Salt Lick's on the first record later. Yeah. But yeah, they came out with a 45, then they did the first album, and then they did you know, ZZ Top's first album. Then they did Rio Grande Mud. Right. Which has like just got paid. Right. And I think, what else is on that? I'm trying to remember, but I know in that first that first uh, song, it, the, the original lineup was Gibbons... Laner Grieg and Dan Mitchell, but after uh, immediately after the recording of Salt Lake, Grieg was replaced by bassist Billy Etheridge, a bandmate of Stevie Ray Vaughan, and Mitchell was replaced by Frank Beard of the American Blues. But the U.S. record companies really didn't like ZZ Top at the time. They didn't sign him to a contract. Etheridge quit the band, and Dusty Hill was selected as his replacement. And then, basically, the rest is history, really. Yeah, but they weren't ZZ Top really kind of up by that point. Francine is the other song that's on okay. on uh, uh, Real Grand Mud. Right, right. So, uh, and then they did Trace Ombres, which is fucking. That's where you get uh, been waiting for the bus. Well, well, interestingly enough, that their first album called First Album, it came up. Only in the U.S. charts at number two hundred and one. Oh, they didn't take off till later. See, they're it, one they, of the. They came. Trace Homebrace in nineteen seventy three went to number eight. Yeah, that that's was a, their. That's when they shot up. That's got Lagrange on it. Yeah. And that is a master of sparks. Lagrange, all of it's really good. Jesus just left Chicago. Yeah, that's a fucking great song. Wait on the bus. But ZZ Top is one of those bands too. Where like. Even when they made it into the 80s, like, because yeah. they did, what, Trace Ombres and then Fandango, Tejas. Fandango, Tejas, Degulo. Deguelo. El Loco. Yeah. Eliminator. So, so, Afterburner, which is probably their most successful Yeah, one. but they're one of the bands that was around in the 70s or when the 80s happened. They actually got bigger, where most bands went the opposite way. Because they didn't really go the direction of the 80s. Yeah, they went totally the direction of the 80s. But they started style, did they? Oh yeah, absolutely. They started using drum machines. <laughs> I'm serious. Like you got to you got to remember like in the Back to the Future even. They embraced pop culture, dude. They started making really great music videos like when MTV hmm. took off. That's when they got huge. That's when they started having the spinny fuzzy guitars. But it's not like Rolling Stones 80s. No, it, yeah, it totally is. What? But Rolling Stones didn't... Like, if you listen to Sharp Dressed Man, okay. right? There's a fucking synthesizer going. There's a fucking drum machine. It's very 80s. It doesn't sound like LaGrange. Interesting. It just doesn't have... It's got an 80s production to it. Like, they just fucking... They embraced it, dude, and they took off. So what is their best album? My, I think Tejas is their best album. Tejas, 1976. That's got no, probably no uh, familiar songs to the quote-unquote, oh yeah, I like ZZ Top fan. They won't know any of those songs. I guess their only really big songs out there is It's Only Love and Arrested for Driving While Blind. But that's their, that's to me, that's their best album. And a lot of people don't like it according to music uh, yeah, sources. Because they're, they're wrong. Why do you like that one? It's just cool from 
front to back, it's a weird mix of like Spanish country and just good rock and roll. But it didn't produce any hits. Like, by that point, they were expected to have a huge hit. And then after that is when they did, you know, Dolguello, and that had fucking cheap sunglasses. Right. Uh, they were a hit machine, dude. Dust My Broom, which is... Elmore James. Yes. Dude. And they were... Man, they were fucking cool, dude. They just looked cool. Even before they had the beards, like, in the 70s. Yeah. Their stage set up. Like, on the Tejas tour, they took live cattle with them they had live cattle on stage they had like a fucking buzzard yeah they had wildlife and shit up there while they were playing i love it they Uh, were the shit man so one of my favorite songs of theirs i love i love is from i believe um zz top's uh rhythmine rhythmine yes uh from 1996 and there's a song on there called she's just killing me and it is a badass song. And they used it in From Dust Till Dawn. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. She's just killing me. Suck my blood. Um, fantastic song. And I think it perfectly embodies ZZ Top. I don't know. From the music to their... their uh, it's, a, it's a very... Their, their lyrical themes? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a... Well, it's so good. It's, I, I love that song. One of my favorite ZZ Top songs is Got Me Under Pressure. Which one is that again? She got me under pressure. Okay, all right. Got like, from 1983. Yeah, this in the 80s. The Eliminator. So, Under Pressure and Pearl Necklace are like the best seg- <laughs> are the best segue songs. So, Pearl Necklace, did they know what a Pearl Necklace was back in 1981? <laughs> Dude, just read their look. They have song it's, names. It's not jewelry Listen. she's talking about. It doesn't cost that. Yeah, much, don't is what co- they say. So they they have songs, right? Tush. Yeah. Got me under pressure. Planet of Women, Tube Snake, Tube Snake Boogie. Boogie, which is just, you know, that's a, that's amazing. <laughs> Step Inside My Sleeping Bag. Yep. Pin Cushion. I mean, dude, ZZ Top is like, if... They have a lot of... They're stuff. what a band should be. It's weird that I've actually never, ever seen Rhythmine it, on vinyl before. No, well, that's because it came out in like the 90s. 96? Yeah. But I figure like it would have. Very few. I mean... You got to remember, in the '80s they were huge. When the '90s hit, yeah, they weren't they weren't the flavor of the month anymore. But like they did that album, and they did another one called Antenna that was pretty Recycler, good. Recycler, Antenna, Rhythmine, and Triple X yeah. were in the '90s. Uh, which I mean, if you if you read the track listing off of Triple uh, X, that's a dude. That's a really good one. That came out in like 2000, I think. Pope, no, it came out in 1999. 99. Poke chop sandwich, sandwich, crucifix a flat. <laughs> Dude, that's a good album. 36, 22, 36. Those are measurements. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fandango's a cool album, too, because the first half Fandango, of yeah. first half of that album is live, and then the second half is studio. So what do you think turns people on about ZZ Top? The simplicity of the music. And how it's just fucking fun. Do you know why or how or why they have... Because, like, when you think of, like, Kiss, you think of the paint, makeup. Yeah, they crafted an image. when you think ZZ Top, it's, like, the two guys with the guitars and the long beards. Yeah, the beards, dude. So, do you know how they came up with that? Or, like, fuck it, we're just going to do that. They they needed it. They probably just... It was more part of their development of their image. Like, they already sounded cool. And then yeah. when they played early on, you know, they wore Wranglers, cowboy boots, and cowboy hats, and 
they would go out in pink suits and stuff. Like they were funky, man. Like, but they were just southern, you know, southern good old time having boys who just were into. They had a big love for you know black music. Like go. so, they were into like you know their funky rhythms and that kind of stuff, and they they just incorporated into the, everything that they did. That's but the beards are fucking iconic. They are no for sure. I mean. They get out there and they fucking play it well. Like, if they... Those music videos, right? Like, up until the 80s, if they... They kind of didn't start to do the beard thing until the late 70s. Right. But then when in the 80s happened and then all those songs started to come out where they were just like, bam, 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 like one hit after the other. Yeah. If they wouldn't have had those beards, it just wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. Because then you... Yeah. yeah, and they, they got sung... They're always wearing sunglasses... Right. I mean, they were fucking cool. There's hot rods going around everywhere. There's fucking chicks and Daisy Dukes and, you know, halter tops and stuff. It's good stuff. Beer drinkers and hell raisers, man. For sure. In 2004, ZZ Top was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Keith Richards gave the induction speech. Yeah, there's. so I was about to say, there's a huge, like when the Stones started to do the good rock and roll stuff in the 70s. Yeah. The ZZ Top... Aerosmith and like Leonard Skinner were really, to me, the only bands that were on the same playing field of like writing just as good songs as the Stones. Yeah. With that real good like American rock right. rock twist to them, yeah. like rock feel to them, and especially the first three ZZ Top albums, man, those rival any fucking great whatever the best three Stones albums are. You can hear the you can hear the influences from both on each other. Right. Do you have they ever been like backup people for a band or like just been people ask them to play in their band for a little while? I mean, no, nah, they do like they've collaborated with a bunch of weird people, but that's the beauty of them, man. Like it's been those three dudes for fifty years playing the same four chords. Hmm. Like they they caught their groove, man. They they fucking figured out what works for them, and yeah. they ran with it. Right. And they're, man, one of the best bands ever. They are really good. Uh, interestingly enough... You ever seen them live? I see, I've i never seen them live. Dude. I want to. So they always they always have some weird... They, they move together really cool. Like they'll be playing a song that's real kind of slow and groovy. And Dusty Hill and Billy Gibbons will be kind of grooving yeah. real slow. But then they always have these weird points where like they'll like quasi-moonwalk. But it's like real slow. They have all this like choreographed stuff they right. do that is so fucking awesome. Any other band doing it, it, you would be like, "That's cheesy as fuck and it's dumb." Those guys do it, and you're like, "Man, dance moves are awesome." Well, interestingly enough, I think one of their music videos, uh, Paula Abdul choreographed it. I Probably think Velcro Fly was choreographed by Paula Abdul. I mean, it's, it's the '80s. Like I said, they were most bands tried to embrace the 80s and it didn't work yeah dude it it elevated them out of the stratosphere so good and then um starting in april 20th of this year on 420 uh they are doing a multi-day uh run in las vegas at the venetian well they're playing here in march they are mm-hmm. zz top yeah it, uh, uh dos Equis. really mm-hmm. we gotta go to that yeah, dude, oh I've seen goodness. them. I've seen them probably eight or nine times. Really? Yeah, Dosaki's Pavilion. The last time I saw them, I was in the second row, and yeah. I fucking caught a guitar pick, but I was real drunk, and I fucking lost it. Really? 
I caught Geezer Butler's pick at the last Black Sabbath show. May 17th, Dos Equis Pavilion, Dallas, Texas. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, I caught a pick from the Reverend Willie G. Willie G. And then I fucking, I got blackout drunk and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I did, man. I mean, I got fucked up at that show. Dude, it's ZZ Top. My God, they're they're only playing in Texas and then they're off Then they're to, in Europe. Uh, they're in Europe. Europe, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Dallas, the Woodlands, and Austin. Uh, yeah, we gotta go to that. Dude, That's they kick fun. ass, dude. That's one of my favorite bands. That is so good. Uh, so, do you think they'll ever put out a new album? Probably. Their, well, their last album was a long-ass time ago. Yeah, but look when the one was before that. I guess a long-ass time ago, right? I mean, I think it would be cool if they did a, a like, a album of, uh, like, covers, but, like, bands they liked from the 70s. That would be or even like the eighties, like if you got like ZZ Top doing like honky tonk women, right, right, or, or something like that. But yeah, their last the last album was La Futura in two thousand twelve. Before that was Mescalero in two thousand three. Yeah, and then before that for, was ninety nine. Yeah, Triple X. So they and but he, Billy Gibbons puts out solo records. So within the last probably five or six years, he's done two solo records. Yeah. So he's still he does music, but. As easy top fuck, do they? What do they really need to make another album for? Do they like it? Yeah, but they don't need. To, what I'm saying is, they don't need. It's like Kiss, like they can just go out and choose 20 great songs everybody already knows. But they don't need to write. Right. They don't need to write another one. Yeah, the Billy Gibbons, his last album, The Big Bad Blues, that came out, came last, out last year. year yeah. yeah, but he's only had two solo albums. Though. That's what I'm saying, though. Huh? That's all he needs. Well, everybody liked it though. Yeah, he's good, dude. They're cool, man. ZZ Top is the shit. Hmm. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Uh, anything else about ZZ Top that you can think of? Same three guys, man. They're they're the only band I could think of that's never had a lineup change. Which is impressive. It's totally crazy. Usually there's a death. Someone gets kicked out and they come back or... You know, someone add, they add a member. Why do you think that is? Because they, it, it's what Kiss stands for. Keep it simple, stupid. They that's never what it stands for right. Yeah, keep. That's what they did. Kiss wrote boneheaded music, right? ZZ Top <laughs> wrote cool, groovy shit, but right. it was always the same three chords, man. Like they just didn't, they didn't try to get like yes. They weren't trying to be, you know, the best at their instruments. They were fucking trying to create a groove, and they did it. Ooh, I love ZZ Top. And they embraced the fact that they were from Texas in a time where it was not cool to be from the South. They, that they made it cool, though. Yeah. They said, man, we ain't, we're not racist down here. We actually love all of this shit. Yeah. I mean, fake news has been around for a long time. Very true. It's fake Yelp reviews. Fake Yelp reviews. Beating people up, man. They're beating people up. So, to wrap up. Our edition of the unbalanced note of this week, you have ZZ Top, you have Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom's got it going on, you have the amazing documentary Ken Burns Country music documentary coming in September, uh, people are going to jail, people are coming out of jail and going on tour, we love it. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> uh, this is the Unbalanced Note on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, BoomstickComics.com. Go listen to us, please. 
I'm Brian Kluger and joined by Jacob Douglas, who you can find on Instagram at Scrumchalescence or at Good Records. Yeah, come by Good Records. I'll be mean to you. Yeah, I'll be mean to you. He'll fight you. Fight me, bro. I won't fight you there. You won't fight me there. Fight after me. after hours. He'll fight you after. Meet me <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, hopefully, Betty Davis. And the chick from Stacy's mom music video. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Not sure. Don't Skype her in. Allegedly. We get Kip. Kip's on the line. Kip Winger, is that you? Kip Winger. <laughs> hey, guys, just practicing my ballerina moves.